Turn around and tell somebody, you sure do look good this morning, amen. Greet one another in the Lord, if you would. seated and brother martin is going to give us our announcements all right good morning all right so it's so good to have everybody here this morning um before anybody asks yes longhorns won last night hook them we beat the bible aggies baylor they're all aggies it's just a matter of where they're from you got your panhandle aggies up up uh texas tech you got your bible aggies which is tcu smu and baylor you got your carcinogenic coast Aggies, which is University of Houston. Then you got your normal Aggies, and then you just have UT. Amen? So, Jerry, nobody cares about that. We're loyal to the soil. So, anyways, do we have any first-time visitors here this morning? Signify by raising your hand. Jerry, you've been here before. We know you. All right, so Wednesday morning, we have Bible study at 10 a.m., uh, Wednesday night supper at 6 p.m., uh, and then we have services for youth, children, and adults at 7 p.m. We are in need of more volunteers now that it's rained a little bit. Uh, we're in need of volunteers for yard teams, help with children's ministry, and also cleaning teams. Um, I want to give a shout-out to some of the people I saw here this, this week. Brother Mark was here doing a little bit of the cleaning. Miss Julie put on the weed-eating thing, and she was out there weed-eating left and right all over the place. Boy, she was, she was bringing that gospel to those uh, weeds. So thank you, Miss Julie. And then um, Miss Tracy, she's not here this morning, but when she cleans, she puts on a concert. I work out of that office, and she was just having a concert all by herself. If I'd have had dinner, I'd have had dinner in the show. But... We are in need of more people just stepping up and volunteering. It takes all of us, so thank you for those that do volunteer, and if you've ever wanted to, just see Brother Mark. We can do giving the old-fashioned way with an envelope, or you can go to giving.landmarktyler.com and just use it. Um, you can pay with your debit card, credit card. It is easy. I have switched over to doing that. Movie night. We have movie night tonight, uh, September 24th at 6 here. We will have free popcorn, candy, and Jesus. That is a great combination, popcorn, candy, and Jesus. So hope to see you tonight. We have a ladies' conference coming up. Uh, we have a sign-up sheet back here, October 6th and 7th. It will be at New Life Worship Center. If you're interested in going, haven't signed up, do so today after service. We also have Revival coming up with Brother Herman Kramer, October 8th through 11th. 
And at that time, we'll also have a chili and cornbread cook-off on, on October 8th for the revival. So there is going to be a $100 prize. If you want to cook some chili, I'm willing to taste it. If you want to cook some cornbread, I'm willing to taste it. And you can sign up back here if you're interested in doing that. There's no age limit. You can be two years old or 100. doesn't matter. Also, Fall Festival, October the 25th. We are in need of candy. If you're going to do a trunk or treat or decorate your trunk like we've done in the past, please let us know. Um, guys, that's always one of our bigger events that we do throughout the year. We feed people. We give them candy. We get them hopped up on sugar. But at the end of the day, they also get to hear the gospel. So please volunteer. Please bring candy. Please decorate your trunk. And then we also have games that will need volunteers as well. And it will be October the 25th from 6 to 8 p.m. But other than that, it's so good to be here this morning. Let's praise our Lord and Savior. Amen. 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 Give Brother Martin a big hand if you would. Yeah, I just wanted to add a couple things to that. Many of you know uh, that Brother Mark Johnson, uh, there he is right there, Brother Mark, uh, lost his daughter this week. Uh, and so uh, the memorial service is going to be Saturday. 2 p.m., all right? And so uh, we, uh, if you can, please come to that, support Brother Mark and Miss Kate and their whole family, and uh, we are going to feed their family before the service. It's at 2 o'clock on Saturday. We're going to feed them at noon. If you can help us in the feeding of their family, uh, please come see me or Miss Mary. Actually, Miss Mary's uh, the one to see on that, all right? So see her if you can help us on that. Uh, also, we have a couple birthdays today, amen, uh, and with our young people. Thomas Clay. Thomas, uh, raise your hand, Thomas. It's his birthday. And Brother Eric over here. Brother Eric, it's his birthday today. So let's all sing it together. Happy birthday. Here we go. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Thomas and Eric. Happy birthday to you. Sing about that King of Glory today.
the series last week by telling my story, and we're going to have different people's stories throughout the next few weeks. Uh, and the title of it is This Is My Story. And the, the, the theme of that is everybody in this room, everybody has a story. If you've met Jesus and you've come face to face with Jesus, every one of you has a story in this place. Amen. And so what we want you to know is that you have a story, and that story means something. That story can be used to reach other people. So this is my story. And that comes from the great hymn, so I thought we'd sing it today, Blessed Assurance. Amen. Let's sing it together.
this morning if you would all right if you have children that would like to go to children's church miss april i believe has all of our kids this morning amen so go over there and meet miss april at the door all right all right wonderful wonderful all right very good Well, this morning, like I said, we've been talking about this is my story and talking about uh, we're going to have some different people's stories and uh, we're going to have a young man's story today that uh, we're kind of doing a double purpose uh, deal today. Uh, we're going to hear Hayden Wall's story and uh, Hayden is a guy who's been working with our with our young people, with our teenagers and uh, I wanted you to get to know him. Uh, Hayden uh, was... Uh, in our youth group, grew up in our youth group. Now he's a, a grown man, became a, an adult, uh, but he was uh, he was a product of our youth ministry. And so what we want to do this morning is he's been working with our youth. Many of you know uh, uh, at the beginning of the summer, Brother Martin uh, felt like it was God was calling him to transition to more of an associate pastor ministry. And so really uh, Hayden has been uh, kind of taking that responsibility all summer. And so this morning we want to present Hayden uh, as a candidate for our, our youth director and uh, to take Brother Martin's place. So uh, we're going to vote on that at the end, but I wanted you to hear his story so you would get to know him better, amen, because uh, he is a young man who grew up in our youth group and, and then kind of came back to help, and God has used him tremendously already uh, this summer, amen. As you know, we had, yeah, give him a hand. Uh, as you know, many of us... Uh, uh, we baptized 20 the other Wednesday night, and that was from uh, teen camp and vacation Bible school, and so God has already been using uh, Hayden in a great way. But before I bring him up and uh, let him share part of his story, and I'm going to interview him, I want to just kind of do a little bit of a, kind of a mini sermon each uh, week before we hear somebody's story. And so uh, I, what I really wanted to address today is just something I really feel like Satan is attacking not just our church, but I think a lot of churches. And that is uh, people are more stressed out than they've ever been. Would you agree? Uh, people are more burned out than they've ever been. Uh, people have more and more going on in their life. Uh, there seems to be where people feel overloaded. And so uh, I really wanted to kind of address the, the issue of burnout and the issue of apathy and the issue of backsliding. Because what happens is when we get into those modes of where there is so much stress in our life, 
then what we begin to do is allow the enemy to steal, kill, and destroy from our story. Amen? Uh, listen, and, and, and here's the reality. All of us uh, feel like giving up, maybe every week. Many of us feel like we're on the edge of burnout. Many of us feel like, Lord, I just want to quit because it's just not worth it. I would tell you this even as the preacher. There's a lot of Mondays after a Sunday. I'm just like, Lord, I, I'm just quitting. I don't know if we're doing any good. I don't know if I'm doing any good. And uh, after a bad, a bad week, sometimes you just go, Lord, is it really worth it? I just want to quit. It would just be easier to quit because this is hard. Can I tell you this? Uh, you're not the first. This is not the first generation. But I believe uh, we've got so many people sick, different things going on, people being attacked, uh, their families, family members dying, uh, sickness. And it just seems like the stress load just goes more and more and more people. They're, they're not hiring more people. Many of you know this. It's your jobs and your work. They're not hiring more people. They're just doubling the workload on the people that are already working and stressing people out more. Amen. We've got people that are having to work uh, the days of the Monday through Friday, 8 to 5, are no longer. Now everybody has to pull these swing shifts and all these different things, and they're working uh, 60, 70, 80, 90 hours a week. And can I tell you, you must take charge of your own life. If you don't take charge of your own life, nobody else is going to do it, which means, as you've heard me say many times, you must learn to prioritize. Here's what the lesson is today. You've got to learn to say no to the things you need to say no to, and you've got to learn to say yes to the things that you need to say yes to. Can you guess what the things you need to say yes to are? Anytime God asks you to do it, what should the answer be? Yes. All right. Unequivocally, yes. If the world asks you to do it, or if money asks you to do it, or getting yourself in a better position in this world asks you to do it, most likely sometimes you need to learn to say no. Well, I know, Brother Mark, but I, I, I need the money, or I need the extra hours. Or I, I know they're asking me to work on Sunday, but I need the extra hours. Do you know that you have the power in your life to say no or to say yes? Well, Brother Mark, I don't want to lose my job. Guess what? Where is our faith? If God tells you take a stand for something, then do you not have faith enough that he will provide another job or a better job? If God cause, you know, if taking a stand for God causes you to lose that job, do you not think you serve a big enough God that he can give you a better job? Amen. Amen. So where's our faith? Uh, because what happens is we all become so overloaded, overstressed. And listen, it's already bad in the church because the church already is at a point where 20% of the people do 100% of the work. And could I say in the condition that our world is in right now, and, and I include our church in this, it's getting dangerously down closer to more like 10% of the people doing 100% of the work. And what does that cause people? Then that causes the ones who are working to stress out even more. They don't get a break. They don't get to, get to be fed. Miss April right now, she's back there serving the kids. We got Miss Cindy and Miss April. Miss Cindy and Gary texted me this morning. They're sick. They have a stomach bug, and Gary is having health issues. And so their, their health issues, as they've gotten older, have been more and more and more. And many times, Miss Cindy is the only, has been the only one in years past, and nobody will step up to help her. Guess what that does? That stresses Miss Cindy out more, and Miss Cindy can't take a break. Miss Cindy can't ever come in here and get fed the Word of God because she's always out there. That means somebody has to say, I'm going to step up. I'm going to fill the gap. Here am I, Lord. Send me. 
unfortunately, what most of us say is, here am I, Lord, send somebody else. Because I ain't got the time. Uh, I, I ain't got the knowledge. Listen, can I tell you, we can make it as easy as possible. All you need around here is a willing heart. We subscribe to a, uh, a, to a website that has children's lessons plans, teen lesson plans on it. And all you got to do is go on there, print it out, and study it a little bit during the week, and you could come in. There is no reason anybody in here couldn't step in there and do what Miss April's doing right now. We'll give you the resources. All you got to do is just take a little bit of time to do it. But if we don't do that, Miss April's going to burn out. She's already on the verge of it. Miss Cindy is already at, at burnout stage. Uh, our cleaning teams around here. We don't have enough help on the cleaning teams. Again, the way the church operates is it's supposed to be a body. And the body says, if you're struggling, then you're my brother, you're my sister. My job is to come up behind you and assist you and give you a break. We're, in other words, we got each other's back. This is supposed to be a family where we say we've got each other's back. And you don't need to burn out because I'm going to take care of you. I'm going to step up. That's what we all need to say. So my question to you this morning is where are you serving? We've got 100 places to serve here, but none of them have enough volunteers. All right? The cleaning team. Are you on the cleaning team? Are you on the yard team? Now, again, uh, the yard team, that's, uh, that's something that's huge. We have a huge space here, and all that has to be mowed and weed-eated. But if it's not enough people helping, then it's just a few, and they get burned out. If it's just a few people cleaning this church every week, it's, then they get burned out, all right? But there's enough people here that everybody can take once a month, and nobody has to get burned out. That's the way it's supposed to work, but it very rarely works that way. So my question to you is, think of all these areas. What are you doing? What are you serving on? And if, if you're not in any of them, you need to change that. Because this church needs your help. The body needs your help. People who are burning out need somebody to step up and stand in the gap. Because if we don't all stand in the gap for each other, what are we all going to do? At some point, we're all going to say, I quit. I quit. What happens if we all quit? This church dies. This influence of the gospel dies. The whole thing just dies and shuts down. Is that what God has called us to do? No, listen, if the world ever needed us, it's now. If the world ever needed us to stand up and take a stand, it's now. So I want to I share just a few things with you. Always say yes to God and no to anything that will take you away from God. Avoid burnout. Eliminate life clutter. Many of us are overstressed and overworked because we put ourselves there. We've allowed our lives to get way too cluttered. Um, let me tell you about uh, how many of you have made mistakes in your life and you, you wish you could go back and do a do-over. All of us. All of us, all right? But the devil wants to use your past to tell you you can't do anything. Why does he tell you that? Because he don't want you to do anything. He wants you to just sit on that pew and do nothing. And so he will use your past to lock you down and say, oh, I'm not worthy. I can't do that. Bless God, you're worthy enough to clean a toilet. Anybody can clean a toilet. Amen. Got the blood covered you so you can go clean that toilet. I guarantee you it's all right. Amen. Well, I couldn't possibly stand in front of children and teach them the word of God because you don't know what I did in my past. Those kids don't care what you did in your past. Jesus' blood covered it. He don't care what you did in your past. The only one that's locked down by it is you. 
All right? So we've got to get past all that, all right? Uh, all of us have done wrong things in here. All of us have made mistakes. All of us have traveled down the wrong path. But we got to get past that and go do something for the Lord because time is short. Do you believe that? I believe time is short. I believe, I've read the back of the book. We win, but guess what? It gets worse before it gets better. That means this church and the, the, the cause of Christ is more important now than it's ever been. I want to give you a story here. We all know the story Moses, Exodus chapter 18, verses 17 through 24. Now, I want to tell you this. How many of you got a father-in-law? I know most of you got a father-in-law, amen? Did you know a father-in-law and a mother-in-law can sometimes be a good thing, and they can give you wisdom? This was the story of Moses. Moses was leading the children of Israel, but he was fixing to get burned out because Moses was trying to do it all himself. Anybody relate to that? Moses, you know, just too proud to ask for help, and he's trying to do it all himself. He's leading this great nation of people, probably a million people, and he's trying to do it all himself. And you cannot do that, and if you try to do that, you will burn out, and you're wrong for doing it. Well, it took Moses' father-in-law to call him out. So start in verse 17. So Moses' father-in-law said to him, the thing that you do is not good. In other words, you're trying too much, your plate's too full, it's not good for you, Moses, and it's not going to be good for the whole nation of Israel if you don't change it, all right? Both you and these people who are with you will surely wear yourselves out, amen? Now, I'm preaching to one of two people here. Either I'm preaching to you that you are, you're on burnout because you're trying to do too much and you need some help. Or I'm preaching to you that you, you've let too many other things get in the way and you don't do anything for God because you've got too much of the other stuff on your plate. Either way, I, can I tell you this? Even spiritual things can become a bad thing. If, if you do too much for the Lord, there was a time in my life in ministry, I don't know how many of you were in church in the 80s and 90s, but in the 80s and 90s, church was all about stuff. And every church did stuff. And I was on staff at churches. And it was like the more stuff you did, the more spiritual you were. And it got to the point where I was doing ministry, and I was up at the church every day doing office hours, but then I was also at the church four or five nights out of every week. Well, guess what? That's time. That's when my kids are home. That's when my family's home. That's when my kids have activities and ball games and school functions. And I was missing a ton of that, but I was doing it in the name of the Lord. And can I tell you this? I know every church operated like that in the 80s and 90s, but we were wrong. You, you're not more spiritual by the more stuff you do. It would have been more spiritual for me to go spend time with my kids at home than it would have been to do all that stuff sometimes. But, the, you know, so even spiritual things sometimes, if we don't learn to balance it out, it can become something that is too much in our lives. You can't save the whole world. You can't change the whole world by yourself. Moses was trying to take care of everybody, but he was trying to do it by himself. And you cannot do it. You're going to be no earthly good to anybody if you are spiritually dead. All right? So he tells him this. He says, for this thing is too much for you. You are not able to perform it by yourself. Let's go on. Listen now to my voice. I will give you counsel and God will be with you. Stand before God for the people so that you may bring the difficulties to God. And you shall teach them the statutes and the laws and show them the way in which they must walk and the work that they must do. 
Moreover, you shall select from all the people able men, you can say women too, such as fear God, men of truth, hating covetousness, and place such over them to be rulers of thousands, rulers of hundreds, rulers of fifties, and rulers of tens. In other words, stop trying to do it all yourself. Find you some people to come and help you and then give them responsibilities. The ones that are, you know, really mature, give them responsibility over a thousand. The ones that can't handle a thousand, give them a hundred. Ones that can't handle that, give them tens, all right? Uh, but but give, let everybody serve because everybody can do something, all right? Not everybody can do everything, but everybody can do something, all right? You may not can be, Brother Mark, I could never be over a thousand, no. But guess what? Everybody over in, in here could be over five, all right? You could, you could oversee five people. You could help five people in, in your lifetime, all right? And let them judge the people at all times. Then it will be that every great matter they'll bring to you. In other words, the really big stuff, they'll bring it to you, Moses. But, uh, but every small matter, they themselves shall judge. So it will be easier for you. For they will bear the burden with you. 23, if you do this thing and God so commands you, then you will be able to endure and all this people will also go to their place in peace. So Moses heeded the voice of his father-in-law and did all that he had said. And guess what? It worked just like his father-in-law said. All of a sudden, it took the burden off of Moses. He was carrying all that burden by himself. But other people, now he realized, and then he began to appoint other people and said, hey, guys, I need some help. Can I tell you this? I tell you what, Brother Mike, I loved Brother Mike. But Brother Mike, he was one of those, if, if, if you didn't show up to help, Brother Mike would just do it all himself. Amen? And sometimes that wore heavy on Brother Mike. And it would cause him health problems. It would cause him to have to not spend time with his family because he would try to do it all. Listen, I'm, I'm going to be the first to tell you, I need help. I cannot do this all by myself. A, fun, a church even of this size cannot function with just the preacher. The preacher cannot do it all. A lot of small churches have small church mentality, and they don't do anything because they say, well, that's what we pay the preacher for. You know, so the preacher does it all. Amen. I know churches where the preacher is the toilet cleaner, he's the cook, He's the bus mechanic. He's everything. Amen? And I'm here to tell you, that's not right. That's not right. Everybody needs to step up. I need help. You're my brother. You're my sister. I need help. I need you to step up, and I need you to help me. What I'm telling you this morning is, Miss April, Miss Cindy, they need help. These are your sisters. They need some help. Step up and help them. Amen? Miss Mary, she's our cook on Wednesday night. She needs some help. Step up and help her. Somebody step in and every once in a while say, you know what? You go be in service today. You go take a break, and I will take care of this today. That's what family does for each other. Amen? So that's what we need to do. Real quickly, reasons to stop. Now, when I say stop, some of these things, I mean stop doing the bad things. Now, that's kind of obvious, isn't it? If you're doing some of the bad things that are blocking your relationship with God and blocking you doing things for God, you need to get rid of those things. That's obvious. But also, it means maybe you need to stop other things that even they're good things in and of themselves, but they take you away from God. Or your plate is too full, so you can't really do the things well that God's called you to do because you got too much other stuff. All right? So number one, 
uh, reason to stop is you don't know what you're missing if you stop. In other words, if I would stop this bad thing in my life, if I would stop this bad habit, how could it affect me? We, sometimes we need to look down the road and look down the future and say, if I don't stop this in a year, what's going to happen? If I don't stop this bad habit in a year, where am I going to be in a year? Uh, it, it could affect your health. It could affect your family. It could affect everything around you. But what if you were to give that bad thing up? What, maybe in a year you would say, now that I stopped this bad, bad thing, it's a year later, and guess what? I have more time. Guess what? I have more money. Uh, guess what? My relationships are better. I have less stress and anxiety because I have stopped this bad thing in my life. And can I say this too? Sometimes it can even be a good thing. You know what? I, I've been called to preach. But if I have to spend all my time over here doing all these other things because nobody else will help me, then I'm really not going to be the best preacher I can be. I can't spend the time I need to spend to get the sermon together because I'm too busy trying to do the other things that nobody will step up and help me with those trivial things. But that's partly my fault because I only it's only what I allow in my life. So if I allow those things to draw me away because nobody else will step up, it's up to me to say, you know what, folks? I can't do it all myself. I need help. And if you don't step up and help, then we ain't going to have it. I wish, we'd ha I wish we could ha have, have it, but we can't have it. You know, when, when uh, Miss Barbara was our Wednesday night cook for a long time, and Miss Barbara was like, Brother Mark, I'm, I'm worn out, and I can't do it anymore. And I said, okay, Miss Barbara. Uh, it took her about the third time. I made, her, I made her keep going for a couple of times. About the third time, I said, all right. And I said, uh, I'll just put it out on Facebook. Uh, we need help, and you don't want to eat Brother Mark's cooking, plus I ain't got time. My plate's already full. So I need somebody to step up and cook these dinners on Wednesday night, and that is not a small task. And Miss Mary responded, and praise God, Miss Mary says, Here am I, send me, I will stand in the gap. Praise the Lord, amen? Yeah. Because I'm here to tell you, I can't. I can't be the cook and the bottle washer and the preacher and the toilet cleaner and everything. You put a hammer in my hand to build something out here. Now, maybe, maybe another preacher could do that. I'm dangerous, amen? Don't put a power tool in my hand, amen? I'm in charge of destruction but not construction, amen? I can tear stuff up, but I can't build it, all right? So I know that some guys pride themselves, and Brother Mike was kind of that. Sometimes that was Brother Mike's detriment. Uh, he was a man who was, uh, uh, you know, master of all trades, uh, or uh, what's the saying? Uh, jack of all trades, master of none, amen? And he knew just enough he could do a lot of different things. And I'd come to work some weeks when I was working with him, and Brother Mike would have his coveralls on. He'd be out there under that bus, being the bus mechanic, being the landmark bus mechanic. I was like, Brother, Mar Brother Mike, why are you doing that? You know, but, you know, he just, he had such a heart, amen? And it was, it was his blessing, and it was also his curse at the same time, amen? But I'm here to tell you, I'm, I'm too old and crotchety, and I'm getting to the age where, and I don't have all those talents anyway, so I'm like, I can't do it all, amen? So guess what? If, if somebody burns out, if Miss Cindy can't do it and Miss April can't do it, guess what's going to happen? Those kids are coming in here, amen? So in other words, if somebody don't step up, it just don't get done. If Miss Mary gets mad at me and quits cooking, no more supper on Wednesday night because I can't cook it. You don't want to eat my cooking. as my wife. Amen. We'd be eating scrambled eggs. That's about, the, that's about my repertoire in cooking. Amen. Scrambled eggs every Wednesday night. Amen. 
So you got to, so you see what I'm saying? If everybody does not step up and do their part, then it just does not get done. Amen. And so we've got, that, that puts a responsibility on all of us. Number two is you don't know what it will cost you if you don't say no and you don't change it. What if Moses had not stopped and kept doing it all himself? He probably would have had a nervous breakdown. He probably would have quit. He probably would have cursed God and walked away. So in other words, again, like I said before, play a decision forward and say, if I do not stop this, where is it going to lead me? It's going to ruin my health. It's going to put me in the hospital. It's going to make me have a heart attack. How do you know that, Brother Mark? Because I've seen that story repeated over and over and over again. If you overload yourself and you don't do something about it and you put all the stress upon you, you will have a heart attack. You will have a stroke. You will, it will physically catch up with you. Everything that's happening up here, if you don't deal with it, will eventually come out and manifest itself physically and will make you sick and eventually will kill you. That's what it means when the scripture says, for the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy from you. He can do it from up here. He can do it here. He can do it lots of different ways. And one of his favorite ways is just overload you, overload you, overload you. And then if, if he can't make you, he can't have your soul back, and he can't make you, he can't grab you back into his fold, but the one thing he can do, I'll make them busy enough they can't pay attention to God. And I'll put all this other stuff on them to where they can't do, they can't really pay attention to their relationship with God because they got too much else going on. And guess what? The devil doesn't steal that from you. You choose to give it away. So it's your choice. Everybody in this room has the power to say yes and more importantly, everybody in this room has the power to say no. Do you know what I learned? One of the greatest things in ministry I learned is how to say no. And it's hard because I'm a people pleaser. Anybody else in here with me a people pleaser? And I want to make everybody happy. And so I was just always saying yes, yes, yes to everything. And I ended up overloaded and burned out. I've ended up burned out at least three or four times in ministry because I've been doing it for quite a while. And I've, I've hit burnout mode at least three or four times. And I'm here to tell you, I can tell you the, the, the symptoms, and I can tell you how it happens. And it comes because I did not know how to say no. And guess what I've learned as I've gotten older? I can say no a whole lot. Amen. In fact, I've, got, I've gotten quite good at it. Amen. Y'all want to know where that whole attitude is? Don't go to Brother Mark with that because he'll put you in charge of it. You know where all that came from? Learning to say no. Brother Mark, I, I really think we need this ministry here. Well, I believe God probably laid that on your heart. Get to work on it. Amen? And keep me posted. Let me know how it's going. Because my place full, I got all I want to do. I got all I need to do. Amen? And so I, I got to say no to that. Because if I said yes to that, God laid that on your heart. But if I say yes to that, that's going to eat up another five to ten hours a week out of my deal. And that's five to ten hours less I got to spend preparing this sermon because that's what God called me to do. Amen? So in order to do the better thing, I have to learn to say no to the less important thing, all right? So that's, that's the whole story on that. What is getting in the way of what God really wants you to do? Say no to the secondary things to be able to say yes to the primary things. Now, I want to ask Hayden to come up here. Hayden, come on up here. Give Hayden a big hand if you would. And what I asked Hayden to do... Uh, was uh, and I've asked everybody to do this, and I've got several more people that want to share their story. I asked them to write it out and send it to me so that I can read it and be familiar with their story, and then I can kind of 
uh, just interview them and let them know. Uh, what, so I kind of know what the key elements of the story are. But uh, Hayden, I want you, our, a lot of our people don't, don't know you. I know our youth know you, but uh, tell them a little bit. You, uh, I know in your testimony you said you grew up in church and, uh, and then you kind of wandered away from the Lord. So get, tell them a little bit about that. Well, I did grow up in church. Uh, my family, they've always kept me in church uh, from my earliest memories, always been, right? And Jesus was my superhero, you know, from birth all the way to when I became aware of what sin was, you know? And then at that point, once I was aware of sin and I was aware of the things that I was doing and aware of the things that I was going wrong with, and that started about in sixth grade, you know. Uh, then I started to have my doubts, and that's when I became more inquisitive about my faith and started learning about what my faith meant to me at that point. But that's the way I started out. But eventually I did come to Landmark, right? And it was because one of the kids from the bus invited me to come. And I've been here at Landmark for about 12 years now, and y'all have been feeding me on Wednesday nights. Y'all have been picking me up. Martin's been teaching me. I've been uh, mentored by Mike several times. You know, I've been here on Sundays till about I graduated high school in 2017, and then I went off to college. I came back. I started going to church with my family again, but I always stayed here on Wednesday nights. So if y'all recognize my face a little bit probably the last time y'all really saw me consistently on Sundays was back before 2017 but if y'all come on Wednesday nights y'all see me every week yeah and so he grew up in church and you uh you said kind of your teenage years you kind of wandered mm -hmm. and then somebody invited you to landmark so you kind of came back mm -hmm. uh, but then uh in your testimony you talked about then uh, kind of when you graduated you went off to high school uh you played baseball and, uh, and you kind of went off to college to play baseball, and then you kind of got to another point where you kind of wandered away, uh, right? Uh, tell tell me a little bit about that. So I got saved uh, through the ministry here at Landmark, right? I started coming to Landmark in sixth grade, and about the summer after seventh grade, I went to church camp, and y'all helped me out, and y'all paid for a part of my funds to go to church camp. Mm -hmm. And there I found what salvation really is. And I found that it's not about who I am or what I can do or what good things that I can do, but it's about what Jesus did for me, right? And that's really what set me free from the burdens. Because in sixth grade, when I started learning about sin and I learned, started learning about my own actions, I started putting my faith in the good things that I could do. And I would always come to the conclusion that I was not good enough for heaven, right? So what did I do? I committed myself to the wrong things because what's the point in trying if I'm just going to lose every time, right? And then I found out that it's not about me. It's about Jesus. And that's what gave me hope. And that's what gave me the will to change things and turn around. And partially that's because of y'all. Uh, but, you know, through high school, of course, every high schooler struggles. Every high schooler has their influences that uh, they battle with, right? But I always kept my eyes on my Redeemer all the way up until I graduated. But when we graduate, right, uh, some of the real world starts to kick in and you start to have real world problems and you start to look around and you get outside of your bubble and you're like, man, the world is really ugly. 
And so, yeah, I played baseball in college. I went to nursing school at Laterno University. That's how I started out. Uh, you know, and you get out of high school in the world, like I said, it starts caving in on you. And as a lot of y'all know, when it rains, it pours, right? And when one bad thing's happened, another bad thing's happened. And uh, everybody has a moment to where they can list 100,000 things that went wrong in a short span of time that made you question whether God's really there or God really loves you. Uh, and let's see. I mean, I could go on a list, right? It started with my dog dying. Then my high school sweetheart broke up with me, right? And then a couple months later, my uncle died, right? And then I was playing baseball, and I was playing flag football. I shouldn't have been playing flag football, right? And I tore my ACL, so I couldn't play baseball anymore, right? And I'm going to nursing school, and because of I'm so down and out about all those other things, I start drinking, and I take my eyes off of nursing school, and I fail out of nursing school, right? And I don't go back, and I come home, you know, I lose scholarships, and I come home, and I just feel defeated, and I feel like I've let everybody down, and everything about my life is just crumbling. And then not long after that, I find out that a childhood best friend of mine that I used to share all of my dreams, all of my goals with, that I played baseball with all through high school, he uh, fell into drugs and essentially being a vagabond. And he got hit by a car on the side of the road and died. And at that point in time, I was, goodness gracious, where where is God at? And everybody has a moment just like that. And that was all kind of hit the fan in about 2019, 2020. Uh, is there another question you want to ask me before I keep going? No, just, uh, <laughs> just let him go. Let him go. Uh, so kind of bring us to what, what brought you back to the Lord and how did, how did you kind of end up back here helping Martin out and all that? So uh, it was a continual gradual thing my faith was shattered and it had to be rebuilt through effort um so at one point i because of the situation was very reluctant towards god and i tried to found find every way that i possibly could to put god out of my life out of my mind and uh essentially attack him or uh prove that he wasn't real right? And I, I'm a reader. I like to study, and I want to hear everything that everybody's got to give on both sides so I can come to my own conclusion, right? So I try to, you know, I delve into all the academic things. You know, I go to school, and they give you a database and whatnot, and you can look up things. And I try to find every scholarly article and every book that I can to prove uh, and argue with these scholars and argue in my mind, you know, is God real? Is he not? Whatnot. And I eventually came to the conclusion that I cannot run from God's reality. So if he's real, I really don't like him. You know, if he's real, I really don't want anything to do with him. You know, so that was my mindset for so long. And I decided in my mind that I was going to do what I wanted to do. And I was going to be a good person on my own. I was going to learn how to be a man on my own. I was going to learn how to make good grades and have good friends on my own. Right. Uh, but then I tried that. I tried that, and I just kept getting worse. Everything kept getting worse. The depression started getting worse. My outlook on life started getting worse. My body, my actual body was changing because of my depression, because of you know, me trying to do things on my own. And I said, 
I can't keep going like this. I can't keep living like this. You know, I don't want to hurt my family in any way. Uh, so that rules that out. I'm going to give in. I've tried what I've tried. I've done everything that I can do. You know what, God, I'm going to give you another chance, and I'm going to go 100%, and I'm going to give myself 100% so what you have planned for me. And is there anything you want to ask no, that's good. That's good. Give, um, give Brother uh, Hayden a big hand, if you would. And what I want to say, too, is, you know, this young man, uh, he is, uh, and he's one, he does not make a decision lightly. He, uh, he thinks it through. He analyzes it. In fact, Brother Martin and I, when Brother Martin came to me and said, you know, I'm thinking about transition, I said, well, you have any thoughts on, you know, who? And he said, well, you know, I've been mentoring Hayden. And uh, so brother, brother Martin and I, from the get-go, said Hayden's our guy, uh, but we had to convince Hayden of that because Hayden is an analyzer and Hayden has to, uh, you know, process everything. And so, uh, but Hayden uh, is so good with the kids. I don't know if you've ever been in here on a Wednesday night. I would encourage you to come in here on a Wednesday night because Hayden knows these kids because Hayden is a product of this community. He's a product of Chapel Hill and, and he's a product of that bus coming that picks those kids up. And so those kids that come in here on Wednesday night, which is anywhere from 30 to 40 young people that come in here on Wednesday night, we feed them, uh, we go get them on the bus and the van. And uh, this guy can uh, he knows what they are because he was one of them amen and that's what i think in my eyes and martin eyes made him the perfect candidate and so uh we did we did uh, we kind of uh, waited and held off because we felt like this was the guy god had for us but we kind of had to wait on hayden to get there amen uh but hayden thank you he prayed about it and uh finally one night he just said, uh, I think God wants me to say yes. Amen. And Hayden, I couldn't be more excited. Amen. Uh, give Hayden a big hand if you would. Uh, let me see that, brother. Thank you so much. Amen. And uh, so what we're going to do, I don't know if you've ever done this, but uh, a little church business, you know. Uh, one of the things that we, we do around here is whenever, especially hiring staff, we always have to vote on that. So uh I'm going to ask, uh, and I don't know if you met Tessa. This is Tessa. Uh, she is dating Hayden, and she's awesome. Uh, and it's a, she comes with him, so that's a package deal, amen? And, uh, and that's a good thing, amen? But uh, Hayden, if, will you and uh, Tessa just go to the fellowship hall for just a second? And we're going we're gonna to take a vote on you guys, and then I'm going to have somebody come get you and bring you back in because it's just a little bit of church business. I don't know if y'all have ever been a part of church business, but this is kind of how we... We do it, so um, they're going to go to the fellowship hall, and we're just going to take a vote real quick. And uh, I know lots of people do it differently. Some people want to do the uh, the uh, anonymous vote. I'm always like, hey, don't be scared. You know, I mean, you want to vote, vote it, amen. Don't be don't be ashamed of it, vote it. All right, but I'm telling you, this recommendation comes to you from your pastor and from your deacon board. Uh, met with the deacons, and we we are presenting Hayden Walls to be our next youth director. And so I'm just going to ask you to do this by raising of your right hand. If you vote yes to hire Hayden Walls, raise your right hand. All right, put them down. If you are opposed to that, swing it on up. All right, that's and that's it's a serious business, amen? It's serious business. So so we have it, amen? We have that uh, uh, that he is uh, voted in. And so, uh, Brother Rusty, will you go get them and bring them back in? And... Uh, 
you know, God is, uh, is using, uh, you know, what's going on here on Wednesday nights. I don't know if I told you like it had 20, 20 kids baptized uh, Wednesday night. And while, while those 20 were getting baptized, Brother Martin was leading three others uh, in here to the Lord that same night. Amen. So God is doing some amazing things on Wednesday night. Amen. So we're going to bring them back in here. And then what I want to do is I want to ask our deacons to come. And we're going to, uh, deacons are going to come and we're going to pray over them. Uh, guys, I'm proud to announce, Hayden, we just voted you in as the new youth director at Landmark Baptist Church. Amen. Tessa, you can stand with him. So, um, so yeah, so this has been uh, presented again by, by your pastor, by your deacons. So uh, I wanted to just kind of, and I'm going to ask the band to come back. We're going to end with a worship song. Uh, but I wanted to pray over Hayden, amen, and this decision. So let's pray over this, if you would, all right? Father, we love you today. We thank you so much for loving us like you do, Lord. Thank you for this young man, Lord. And we just pray, Lord, we believe that, God, you're in this. We believe that you have sent this young man to us. And so, God, we, uh, we just pray that, God, uh, Lord, I know that, uh, Lord, he, uh, like all of us, Lord, has questioned, Lord, am I good enough? Uh, do I know enough? Uh, but, Lord, I thank you that you don't equip the, uh, Lord, you don't uh, call the equipped. You equipped the called, Lord. So you have a calling on his life, so we know that you will equip him for whatever he needs. And we stand in that, God. Uh, we're not asking him to be perfect. We're not asking him to be, uh, Lord, uh, that he'll never make a mistake or always uh, do and say the right thing. But, God, that you're his man, that you've called him, and that, God, you have placed him here for such a time as this at Landmark Baptist Church. So we ask for your anointing on his his life and on this ministry and how you're already using him in Jesus name we pray and everybody said amen amen give uh, give Hayden a big hand if you would so uh, let's all stand we're gonna end with a worship song we've uh, we've always tried to do that so uh, let's uh, let's end with a worship song today and if you need to come you need some prayer during this time I'll be here uh, but uh, you come as we sing if you need to join the church anything you need to do feel free to come at this time. Oh, oh, oh.
tells us that God will take what the enemy means for evil and he'll turn it for good. We have faith that he'll do that. and he can turn it around and he can use it for good and he can turn it around so that you can use that to minister to others. Be encouraged today that no matter how times you go away from him, he's always there with his arms open wide, just like in uh, Hayden's story today. You know, all of us probably have those same stories of there have been a couple of times, three times, four times in my life that I've just wandered away from life. And can I guarantee it don't stop. The older you get, there will be those times. There will be those chapters in your life. There will be those spiritual challenges and those spiritual deserts. But can I tell you, the Lord is always there. He never leaves you. He never forsakes you. He's always waiting with his arms open wide for you to come running back to him. Amen. So I encourage you to do that. If you're not doing something for him, step up. We need help here. 
I'm just going to guarantee you today, uh, we need help. Some of you, I, I got to tell you, some of you don't realize summer's over. Amen. We need some help. It's time to get back in. Wednesdays are full. We need some help on Wednesday nights. We need people to step up and, uh, and help us out. So if you can do that, we ask you, please do that and help us volunteer, even if it's just one time, and just say, I want to give somebody a break. So I'm going to do that for them this week just to give them a break. Amen. Even if that's all you do, even if it's just a one-time thing, you can do that. All right. So let's pray. Father, we love you. I just pray today, God, that we would just all say, I'm going to stand in the gap, Lord. Here am I. Send me, Lord. And, Lord, we thank you for Hayden. Lord, thank you for uh, just calling him here today. And, uh, God, I just pray that, Lord, you would just continue to bless our ministry, bless our youth, bless our church. God, just continue to let us see souls saved and lives changed for you, Lord. We love you. Thank you for everybody in the house today, Lord. Bless us and use this time to glorify you as we go our separate ways. In Jesus' name, and everybody said amen. God bless you guys. Have a great rest of your Sunday, if you would.